It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of healthcare each and every day. That's the fact, yeah! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, what a change. A Roper poll asking people how often they buy organic or local foods. 64% of those polled by Roper said they had bought organic foods and beverages at some point in their life. Very much going mainstream now, isn't it? We have a lot to share with you today. Uh, what's going on here at the Natural Products East Expo? We'll be talking with our good friends at the American Association of Health Freedom, health freedom issues that relate to you and me as healthcare consumers, healthcare practitioners as well. Todd Oretsky will be joining us today from Mariah Naturals and a very special guest joining us for the news about triglycerides and fish oil. Dr. Duffy from uh, Nordic Naturals joining us right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now, the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. And with the healthcare news and views uh, from credible sources that you won't hear anywhere else, uh, the opportunity to visit that firsthand. Because joining us today is the physician, the doctor of naturopathic medicine, who oversees all research studies uh, at Nordic Naturals, who is certainly behind product innovation as well as uh, research and education when it comes to the healing fats. He's Dr. Douglas Duffy McKay, who joins us today. Duffy, thanks so much for joining us. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's great to be here at, in Baltimore. So when we take a look at fish oil and the current research and translating that to clinical practice, the fish oil products of, that we use to, to put that into, into practice, uh, Duffy, where are we? Well, where are we? We're at a place where many conventional health organizations and policymakers are beginning to set some standards. And, for instance, we have the American Heart Association has recommended that anyone with a risk factor or a risk marker for heart disease, including high blood pressure, maybe increased waistline, um, high triglycerides, uh, etc., should be consuming at least one gram a day of omega-3. So here we have a very reputable organization, conventional, not alternative, who are setting standards for dosages. And I, I misspoke. Actually, if you have elevated triglycerides, they're actually recommending two to four grams to get those triglycerides in check. We're also seeing uh, position papers from organizations like the American Psychiatric Institute who said one gram a day to maintain mental health and and offset any potential um, dementia and Alzheimer's, etc. So we also see worldwide, World Health Organization has recognized the benefits of omega-3s. I know the British Nutrition Foundation has put together a position paper. So here's one of our what has once been considered alternative medicines that have really merged into the mainstream. And so now the question is, how, how do we choose a fish oil product? There's so many out there. So knowing that we're becoming more familiar with these terms like EPA and DHA and omega-3 and you know the blood fat levels like triglycerides and HDLs and LDL, introduce us to a new concept in terms of choosing fish oil products, if you would please, Dr. Mackay. Yes, and this is a topic that actually came to my surprise as I looked into fish oil research 
And as we get to these doses recommendations of, say, one gram a day, if you take your standard fish oil product that's not concentrated, you end up taking several caps, up to six to eight caps, to get into these dosage ranges. So obviously compliance, the more number of caps you have to take per day, compliance goes down. And so people have looked towards concentrating the EPA and the DHA in the product. When we concentrate the EPA and DHA, we have to take apart the native structure of the molecule. We must take the EPA and DHA off the natural triglyceride molecule. We go through a molecular distillation process to concentrate these two active ingredients. And then at that point in manufacturing, you have two distinctly different decisions. One is you can re-esterify those fatty acids back to the glycerol and recreate the natural triglyceride structure. Or you can take that fatty acid and treat it with ethyl alcohol to create a new-to-nature synthetic ethyl ester fatty acid. And what was surprising to me is that the majority of the concentrated fish oil products available to us as consumers are ethyl esters. And when you speak to consumers or even physicians, most people are completely unaware that there are two distinctly different forms or delivery packages for these two fatty or for these essential fatty acids. So my goal is to just let people be aware so they can make an informed choice when they buy a fish oil product. So for those healthcare consumers listening to you, Dr. Mackay, why should they care? Do we have evidence to indicate that the, the clinical effect is, is different? Well, actually, Deborah, there isn't a large body of evidence at this point. There's about seven clinical trials in humans where they've compared the bioavailability of ethyl ester versus tri- uh, natural triglyceride form. And at this point, five of those studies suggest that the triglyceride form is better absorbed. Two of the studies um, show that the ethyl ester form is as good, but none are showing it's superior. But what's more interesting is there's one study, it is only in animals, but they actually showed that the two forms had divergent effects in the, human, in the, in the body, in the, in the animal model. So they were looking at the mechanism at which... Uh, fish oils are thought to lower triglycerides, and they examined this mechanism in animals, and they gave one group of animals an ethyl ester form and one group of animals a triglyceride form, and the two um, arms of the treatment did not have the same outcome. So that's our first evidence that they may have a divergent effect. And so what I'm saying is as we begin to recommend these things on such a large scale, we have the American Heart Association stepping in, and people are starting to recognize that this is important for me to take, consumers should be aware that there are two distinctly different forms. And my surprise is, as it becomes a worldwide recommendation, why are we not looking at the issue closer? Seven studies is really not enough to determine a scientifically sound uh, conclusion to this. So my, my, my thoughts are we just need to look at it closer. Because, Deborah, the only other time we've ever manipulated fats in the history of nature was when we invented hydrogenated vegetable oils. And we were told by all the experts that hydrogenated vegetable oils would cure heart disease. Well, now here we have a second fat. We're changing it in the lab, and we're telling everyone that this is the answer to heart disease. And as a naturopathic doctor, I have an affinity to trust nature and the way that nature delivers things. And so, again, the evidence is not conclusive, but for those of us who are true to nature and have a hunch that we want to get take things in the natural way, I would argue that the triglyceride form would be superior. 
And, of course, that speaks to uh, w- one of uh, many of the benefits of dealing with a company like Nordic Naturals. Not only are they behind uh, research, but education of healthcare consumers as well as practitioners alike. And you all deal with any number of nutritionally oriented physicians, which may be a new concept to people listening to you, physicians who understand the chemistry, I mean, the eloquent chemistry of science-based nutrient supplementation. Yes, it's exciting, and I've found it's, I found I do many lectures across the country, and it's the nutrition-based physicians who are the most detail-oriented. They scrutinize everything. They want to see the evidence. When I speak to uh, medical doctors, they typically just say, okay, fish oil is good. I believe you. How much should I give them? And that's as far as they'll take it. Others will say, what are the levels of mercury in there? What are the levels of PCBs? What are the concentrations? Is it triglyceride? Is it ethylester? And it's really refreshing to see that those individuals are looking out for their patients with such detail. And, of course, those listening to you uh, uh, also comes to mind a, a recent uh, just rich irony in, in what we found in the conventional media these days, that physicians who are relying upon detail, pharmaceutical drug reps with drugs like Vioxx and Celebrex, all of a sudden found <laughs> after you know several years of experimentation, because many of these new drugs approved on the basis of one or two studies. Absolutely. And then we all become the experiment, Dr. McCoy. Absolutely. And that's what I tell my patients all the time, is if, if, if you are... In the situation where you have to take a pharmaceutical drug, definitely lean towards the ones that have been around for longer than nine years because we have gone through that phase of experimental and we know the effects on human beings. And I do remember when um, drugs like Vioxx were being pushed so hard, I had a, a patient whose insurance would not pay for Vioxx, but she was determined she had to take Vioxx instead of her regular non-steroidal anti-inflammatory because her physician had expressed how superior it was. So she was paying you know, $120 out of her pocket to take this and putting herself at financial burden only to learn five years later that it was more dangerous and no better. So, you know, it's really important to watch first, and I've heard this from many pharmacists who are who are in their later part of their career. That's their strategy. Don't take the new stuff. Sit and wait and watch and see how it affects the human population. Well, there is a a rich source of the research of which we're speaking online, and that website is www.omega, that's O-M-E-G-A, omega-research.com, omega-research.com. And if you are not webified, there's a telephone number, uh, Nordic Naturals, and they have a website, nordicnaturals.com, behind 1-800-662-2. 5442-662-2544. And because you follow the medical research, come back anytime. Great job. Thank you, Dr. Thank Mackay. Thank you so much. Our thanks to uh, Douglas Duffy Mackay, a naturopathic physician who oversees all the research studies at Nordic Naturals. Coming back, Todd Oretsky is going to be joining us from Araya Naturals. We're here live at the Natural Products East Expo right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Healthcare coverage and play-by-play action all year long. You won't want to miss a minute. Now, more Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. A special guest joining us today to talk about an important topic, and that is with the evolving medical fields of psychoneuroimmunology. For example, our stress 
affects our immune system, psychoneurodermatology. When you're upset, your skin is affected. And, of course, the list is endless. Uh, joining us today to talk about uh, uh, unique effort. In fact, the first U.S. company to market a whole food-based GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, with clinical studies to prove its effectiveness. Here with us to, uh, to talk about Relaxity Live Calm is Todd Oretsky. He was the president of Naraya Naturals. Todd, hello and welcome. Hello, welcome. Thank you very much, Deborah. It's good to be here. Well, give us an overview because I'm sure that you all at Naraya Naturals as a company, Todd, um, have given an overview to what is playing out with all the dollars that are spent in this country uh, relating to conditions that either are linked to or exacerbated the stress among us. Oh, it's unbelievable. Even the, the U.S. Uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention came out with a statistic not too long ago that says 90% of U.S. doctor-related visits are due to uh, stress wow. or stress-related illnesses. It's just an, an, astonishing, an astonishing number. And I guess let, let me talk about a little bit of how we came about Relaxity Please. and um, the product and the, the, the trials that we went through to come up with this. I actually was a, a Wall Street corporate lawyer and that's how I got involved in the supplement industry, where we were buying a supplement company called GPRX from one of the major whole food supplementation companies in the U.S. And during this diligence phase, uh, during the purchase of this company, I had to do uh, research or have people under me doing some research on supplementation to find out if it's for real. You know, we, I wasn't that familiar with it. I was only familiar with it from, from a corporate side, but I didn't know the research behind a lot of whole food supplementation or supplementation in general. So we, during the diligence phase of the purchase of this company, we found out a lot of things about supplementation, how effective mm-hmm. uh, whole food supplements in general are, are to many, many different ailments. Um, that encouraged me to go out and find something that, uh, to help me with one of the problems I had to deal with personally, and that was, that was stress and anxiety on an everyday basis. You know, with the being a Wall Street lawyer dealing with multi-billion-dollar transactions, sure. um, you know, with a family on top of that, living in Manhattan on top of that, you can imagine the the kind of stress that I was under. So I'd gone through um, the health food stores and gone through some of our research, and I tried all sorts of different things. I tried kava, I tried things with theanine, I tried a valerian root. Mm-hmm. None of them worked for me. They either just didn't work, or they made me sleepy, and I needed something that would enable me to go to work. It would right. calm me down, enable me to focus at work, and allow me to live really a better life, which is why we ended up coming up with the tagline, Live Calm. Um, anyway, I couldn't find anything, so I commissioned um, a Harvard-trained neurologist, as well as a doctor prominent in the dietary supplement field, to come up with something to find the right ingredients uh, for what I was looking for that would cause me to... Um, live calm to mm-hmm. reduce my stress levels and anxiety levels and still allow me to focus at work or allow a, 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 a parent to be able to handle all the kids around them and still be an effective parent, not cause them to be tired or irritable or, or headaches, anything like that. So we took several months and we ended up finding out of Japan a whole food-based uh, gamma aminobutyric acid um, that had clinical studies behind it. Right. We combined it. We blended it with adaptogenic herbs, which, as you know, are, are mood-enhancing herbs. So we combined a lot of science with a lot of ancient philosophy and, and practice, and, and we came up with um, a, a proprietary formula that combined all of these, and it works. 
it actually, you know, we tested it for a long time. I've taken it myself. I still take it. Right. And uh, we have clinical studies to prove it. And um, it's, it's, it's really exciting, and it's brand new. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how people, people feel about it. Absolutely. Uh, because if we take a look at the Japanese research, uh, Todd, um, you know, they actually view GABA as a functional food ingredient. I mean, they're so much farther ahead of us in terms of the appreciation of the real therapeutic value of these natural substances. That's right. That's right. The Japanese are, are way ahead of us, Every you know, and even in the U.S., as you know, Everyone uh, looks to Japan for what they eat. Well, why are why are Japanese people? Well, they're thinner. They have less, right. you know, um, heart disease. And everyone relates it to you know eating a lot of fish or certain types of fish and generally their diet. But they're also ahead of us in functional foods, at which this source of GABA is being used as a functional food in functional foods. So if you take a look at, at you know, our typical approach to anxiety and, and stress, you know, the, the anti-approach, I call it, Todd, um, you know, the appreciation, uh, you know, by uh, Japanese neurologists that, you know, GABA uh, is one of these major neurotransmitters uh, that really can, can mediate, um, you know, certain processes that, that modulate, uh, you know, stress and anxiety, almost makes you feel like it works with the body, Todd. That's right, and that's why it's, that's that's why it's so effective. This um, the source of GABA is it's naturally occurring in the body. You're not introducing something that the body won't recognize. What we're doing is we're we're increasing the amount of an already naturally occurring amino acid in the or an inhibitory neurotransmitter in the body, and it's gamma aminobutyric acid. There are other sources of GABA on on the market in the U.S. that are um, prescription drugs and mm-hmm. some that are chemically produced, but none of them have been proven, at least in the dietary supplement market, none of them have been proven across what we call the blood-brain barrier, um, which is why this, this product is so unique, the Relaxity product. Um, it's proven across the blood-brain barrier, and it's, it's proven to work, and it works, as you said, it works with the body because it's not something that the body doesn't recognize. The body produces this on its own, just not in high enough amounts to overcome the everyday stresses that we endure. Now, with this unfolding field of, of neuroscience, Todd, you know, we hear, you know, talk about things like, you know, uh, the, our brain waves. What does the science show us? I mean, there's, there's actually research to back up that, that GABA has a meaningful influence on these brain waves and, and can, you know, help ameliorate stress and anxiety. That's right. And that's, that's really how you, you determine whether something really works or not. I, you know, there's a lot of things that when people take it, they think it works. There's, you know, especially weight loss drugs. Well, they're eating a great diet and they take this pill. Well, I lost weight. Well, yeah, you're eating better and you're exercising. <laughs> Did the pill really work? Well, who knows? With with our product, with Relaxity, what they did is during the clinical study, you have an, an EEG, which is a typical a typical testing method by a neurologist sure. that tests, you know, tests brain waves, and there's no way to fool this machine. I mean, you, you, you can't increase your brain. I mean, I, you know, you can't increase, you can't fool it. You can't Think increase your brain waves right. or decrease them, you know, uh, at will. So what the study showed is there's a brain waves, there's two major brain waves, alpha brain waves and beta brain waves. And when alpha brain waves increase, that's good. That shows you that you're at a more relaxed state. Mm-hmm. And when beta wave brain waves decrease, you're at a more relaxed state. And the clinical studies with our GABA um, shows that you have an increase of alpha waves and a decrease of beta waves under several different scenarios 
one of the scenarios was in, in a stressful situation where they put the subjects on a suspension bridge. Oh, my um, and these were people who were afraid of heights. So you can imagine <laughs> imagine the kind of stress that they would be under. And they did it under, uh, under controlled studies where they took the tests, the EEGs, when they weren't on the GABA, and then they took the EEGs when they were on the GABA, as well as um, water and theanine. They tested it against water, theanine as a placebo. And it showed that the alpha waves increased and the beta waves decreased while they were on the GABA at an enormous rate when you compared it to the other two. Well, I'd like to read more. I understand there's there, there's information uh, online. The, the website www.relaxity, R-E-L-A-X, relax, the T-I-T-Y, relaxity.net. If you're not webified, there's a phone number, 1-866-985-4779, 866-985-4779, relaxity, live calm. I want to know more. Todd, can you come back again? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. As this as this um, product unfolds and it's just starting to hit, it's being really well received. It's starting to hit the health food stores now, including Whole Foods. Wild Oats are interested, and um, we're looking forward to it. But as you can Good still job. get it through the website at relaxity.net or oh. call the 800 number, 866-985-4779. Come back again. Our thanks to Todd Oretsky. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some closed-minded members of the medical community, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, that's life. Well, each and every week during this time, we talk about health care freedom, the freedom of you and me as health care uh, consumers to make informed decisions about our health, the the accompanying responsibility that comes for that. And given that we are in the midst of a very long presidential season where much of the discussion these days is our health care system better run by the government who better than uh, to deal with this issue uh, my able co-host america's wellness dr julian whitaker md and we have a special guest uh, joining us today dr whitaker very special guest absolutely michael Ruggia is here he's a he is a lawyer specializing in physician problems with regulatory agencies both state and federal and what we're about to hear is the sad state of uh, the medical uh, uh medical providing the medical care industry from both a conventional and a non-conventional point of view, because even in the conventional point of view, the state is beginning to intrude, control, prosecute, uh, and diminish the medical care system to the point where it's going to be unrecognizable in the next 15 to 20 years. So give us an overview, please, Mike. You know, in the courts around the country with now... 50% of all dollars being spent in healthcare coming from government sources. What's happening pr- to uh, practitioners, to consumers' rights to choose? Well, I, um, as was said, I deal with cases across the spectrum, both from integrative medicine and from traditional medicine, and I just see the tidal wave growing and getting stronger in, in the attack upon physicians, in the attack upon uh, supplement providers, etc. And I'll just give you some examples. These are physicians in the mainstream. None of them are what you would call, quote-unquote, witch doctors. They're very highly certified. Most of them are MDs. They're providing great services with great results to patients. 
For example, we spoke once before about uh, oncologists in North Carolina who are providing fantastic services to many patients, thousands of patients, who have been now denied from coverage by several insurance companies with the excuse, the premise that it's experimental treatment. When these doctors are keeping patients alive for four, five, six, seven years with very, very severe stages of cancer. And these physicians are now have to get money personally from these individuals because the insurance companies are pulling back across the board on coverage for oncology patients as an overexpense. The same thing has happened with Lyme disease. For example, another case arising out of North Carolina where you have very fantastic physicians providing great Lyme disease services. And this is simply a longer-term antibiotic, nothing more than taking your traditional treatment and just extending it a couple of weeks and having fantastic results in the, in the reduction of Lyme disease and the elimination of the symptoms from Lyme disease. That One of the top physicians in that state has now been driven into bankruptcy. His practice destroyed, was sued by this insurance company, and basically is destroyed. And there are 2,300 patients now that no longer have a physician to provide services for that, for that their severe Lyme disease and chronic Lyme disease symptoms. And this is happening nationwide. Well, Michael, let me ask you a question. I'm well aware of that because I'm under attack by Medicare. You know, they, Medicare sent me a bill for $2 million just out of just pure extortion, and I'm having to pay legal fees, and I'll fight it, and I will survive. But the question is, what is the solution? I see that as the more inroads government has in the decisions that doctors make and in the decisions that patients make, you're going to get this kind of activity. What's in store for us? Where is the direction? What can be done to bring back a more humane and, and rational association between the government and medical care? Okay, I think there's two things. I, I think, first of all, what's happening is we had a congressional briefing up on the Hill, the American Association of Health Freedom, uh, representing to many, several congressmen and senators who are interested in this issue, the rising tide of problems with regard to physicians and to other practices and other services. They're starting to realize the system is completely broken. Uh, they're uh, kind of uh, between the rock and the hard place because of budgetary issues and the structure and the administration of government, which is highly inept, I have to say. They're having a hard time of moving it very quickly to any kind of favorable resolution. They realize the system is broken. Actually, when we had this discussion, they said, we believe there's going to be a lot of litigation and fights before there is a legislative answer to these things because we're having a hard time coordinating and organizing a legislative solution, both federally and from the state, state point of view. So I believe there's going to be a lot of destruction to the system before there is any kind of real emergence or answer to it. Well, my um, view of that is that virtually every Medicare reform bill has been how to pay for something else. It has never been to roll back what is the problem and that that is the payment for and therefore the control of the medical system. And you say they, they don't know what to do. There's two reasons why I don't think they know what to do. Number one, they can't do anything. It is now in the hands of unelected and virtually unaccountable regulators. They don't stand for election. Many of them are career regulators. They, uh, they continue to maintain and grab more and more power. And I have been going to Washington quite frequently. I've met with many of the uh, uh, congressmen and senators that are interested in this. And I look at a group of even if they wanted to do something, they can't because of the usurpation of power by regulatory bureaucrats. And i got a perfect example of that. And I think it may be in your home state. Uh, I don't know. But you're, it's, probably. It's, uh, well, home state of California, probably. In California, 
there is a large percentage of home care physicians, and right. it's represented by the American Association of HCP Healthcare Physicians, home care physicians. Mm-hmm. And there are approximately eight to ten thousand home care physicians in the country. Systematically, the intermediaries, the intermediaries for CMS, are systematically not paying for the coverage and the payment for those physicians going to people's homes who cannot go to hospitals for decubitus ulcers, for gangrene, for diabetes. And what's happening is CMS has made determinations, in fact, has put out an LCD, a local coverage decision in four states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and, and Illinois, preventing home health care physicians from providing vital services to home-bound patients. They will not pay for it. This is the federal government saying CMS, through its intermediaries, will not pay for these services. These physicians will, first of all, be unable to provide desperately needed service to 78% of people who are minorities, who are minorities who stay at home and cannot get to hospitals, and they are going to be eliminated completely as a practice soon. But again, you know, this would be exactly what you would expect any agency to do, government or otherwise, is to cut their cost. And the, the reality is we yell and scream about that, and we say, okay, we want government to reinstitute that cost. But the system of the government bearing the cost, this, this uh, entitlement, regardless of need, has created a system where this is exactly what was going to happen. In 1993, I think it was, I did a parody on Medicare, and I created an entitlement by saying that kids in college, they should be able to eat at any restaurant free because if they have good nutrition, they make better grades, etc. And then so everybody, all the kids were, um, were uh, given a rest-to-care card, okay, regardless of need. Then the prices skyrocketed. The uh, you know uh, the the rank and file were afraid to ride by a restaurant for fear of the cost because they didn't have a rest of care card. Grandmothers wanted to go back to college to get a rest of care card. And then finally the condition just involuted and failed completely because the government got involved and everybody was on the hill. Bended knee. The restaurants were on the hill. Bended knee. The the patrons were on the hill. Bended knee. To, screaming the government to solve the problem that they caused. And how is the government going to solve a problem that they caused? First, they have to admit there's a problem. Secondly, they have to admit that they caused it. And third, they have to admit that the only cause for it is for them to get out of the system. All three of which they'll never admit to. Never. (laughs) They will go down with the ship. And there are people who will go down with the ship and blame it on the free public that's criticizing them for the problems that they caused and sinking the ship. I mean, we see this time, and we've seen it in Europe until we were blue in the face. People, you know, just uh, throwing uh, entire continents back into the dark ages by government repression and government control and government dictates. And, and that's exactly what we have here. And we have a government that continues to extend its authority. The FDA CAM guidelines are another extent for the government to stick its hands into private practice, to physician practices, and regulate it even more. So we do have a government out of control that won't admit its failures nor take responsibility, but always seems to request for more money always, for less coverage, always. which is kind of amazing. Always. You know, um, I opted out of Medicare. I don't know of any physician who... Um, practices kind of natural medicine that I practice it does take Medicare. Um, other, other physicians are opting out of Medicare. We will opt out of all government uh, facilities. We do not take insurance. We will fill out a bill. Patient will take their insurance. I have happy patients. They pay their bill in cash, and they're happy to go. Now, I 
can survive like that. But you have, uh, you know, the surgeons can't survive like that. You know, the home health care folks can't survive like that. Um, but the only solution that I see is to get the problem out of the system. And what is the problem? The problem is the government. It is so obvious. You can't, you don't need to look any further than this entitlement program that somehow uh, everyone is entitled to medical care paid for by the government. It's like the government decides how much money it's going to take for Mr. Smith to pay for Mr. Jones's health care. Neither Mr. Smith nor Mr. Jones have any say-so in the matter. Mr. Smith cannot say how much he's willing to give up for medical care. Mr. S- Mr. Jones cannot say, all right, I would like to have this medical care. There's no decision except at the government level. And when you have a system like that, it's absolute tyranny. There is nothing else. There is no other way to describe it. I agree. It. And there's no other solution than to just get them out of the system. You and I, you know, we'll fight them, we'll beat them, we'll maybe win something. But the overall rocks rolling down the hill, you know, have uh, got a single direction, and they're picking up speed, velocity, and force, and it's not going to stop. I agree. But you've been talking about a multi-prong approach, Mike, not only on Capitol Hill, and please tell us about that recent congressional bill, uh, briefing, but also, you know, key cases uh, with key physicians in key states across the, the country to make a difference here. Right. Uh, it, it has my, been my effort, like a two-prong approach, both I think there needs to be a legislative resolution eventually, but that's a long-term thing, uh, and it's going to take a lot of time. The more immediate thing is to have those organizations like the American Association of Health Freedom, as well as lawyer groups that are coming together now that I'm putting together and physician groups that are willing to stand together and physicians that are finally willing to come together as groups and say, we've had enough. We can't take it anymore. We're going to find the grounds to fight the insurance companies, to fight Medicare, to fight the the medical boards, to fight the Federation, to stop what's happening to us, to regain some level of autonomy to be able to function as physicians to our patients. There's also an element of patience that are being deprived of critical services that they willingly and knowledgeably desire, and they're saying, we're being denied our constitutional rights, and we want to take them back. Sure, sure. my care is not based upon the best science. My care is not based upon what the physician and I decides best for me. It's based upon bureaucrats or physicians whose whole practices are hampered by, by reimbursement, Mike. And the physicians that dominate these practices are your old-time traditional physicians, the ones who are sitting on the medical boards, sitting on the hospital boards, sitting on the pharmaceutical boards, that have a basic control of the system. And that's a problem, too. And I think that also needs to be attacked. And there needs to be also some realization that there is po- probably some coordination among those groups to maintain this system. And that has to be attacked as well and will be. Sure. sure. Your license is, is governed by so-called peers who don't know anything about the types of, of treatments you offer, Dr. Whitaker. Absolutely. I think what's going to happen, Deborah and Michael, is that what you're going to see is that in the, in the conventional medicine area, right, right. general surgeon or, or heart surgeon, you're going to see, particularly heart surgeons, you're going to see them migrate to the Far East and set up medical tourism. We're already seeing this. We're already seeing this. and So now... The United States is going to become so tyrannical that people will leave the country in order to searching for freedom of expression and freedom to work. It will happen first with the, uh, with the uh, primary care physicians. They may not have to leave. They just opt out. The concierge medicine, 
is, is taking a hold where patients will pay a physician $1,500 a year, $2,000 a year, and have access. He will limit his patients to, say, 600 patients or 500 patients, and that's it. Right. And uh, you'll see the the uh, you'll you'll see uh, physicians leaving the country. Mexico is uh, filled with American physicians doing cancer therapy down there. You'll see them going to islands. You'll see them leaving the country. But where we used to see the innovative physicians leaving the country in medical in uh, cancer care, we're going to now see traditional services leaving the country. And uh, then the United States, the public, this great nation of ours, is going to be left with poor doctors and no choice. That's exactly what's happening in, in Britain. They're bringing in um, um, uh, foreign doctors because nobody wants to go into the uh, physician system there. They're getting involved in the politics of bringing their region's politics to Britain. I mean, it's an absolute mess what's happening in the so-called free world when it comes to medical care and this interaction with the government. And the public has no idea what to think. So we're going to come back and tell the public what they need to do. Attorney Mike Ruggio joining us today, America's Wellness Doctor, Julian Whitaker, M.D. We're broadcasting live today from the Natural Products East Expo. If you missed anything, join us online at HealthyTalkRadio.com. I'm Deborah Ray broadcasting live from the Natural Products East Expo. How do you fit thousands of vegetarians into a convention center? Tell them it's the Natural Products Expo East, and that Deborah Ray is broadcasting live. And here she is now with more Healthy Talk Radio. America's Wellness Doctor, Julian Whitaker, MD, here with us as well. And we're talking about healthcare freedom, important issues for you and me as healthcare consumers, healthcare practitioners as well. And uh, we've had uh, the delight to listen and learn uh, to Attorney Mike Ruggio joining us today to talk about what's not only happening um, on inside the Beltway, the recent congressional uh, briefing, but to physicians' offices around the country. And we uh, we left to uh, to talk about okay, what can each and every one of us do? Uh, Brenna Hill joins us today, the executive director of the American Association for Health Freedom. Brenna, hello and welcome. Hello, Deborah. Thank you. So for people listening to Mike, listening to Dr. Whitaker, talking about the plight of, of patients as well as doctors. And also listening to Mike Ruggio articulate the real specific <laughs> fights that, we, that are going on. What's a consumer to do? How do they get involved? How do they even get informed about these issues? Getting informed is the first step, and it is so important. And joining AHF or another health freedom organization is a first step, which we think is great. Join us at www.healthfreedom.net and sign up for our free alerts as well. And we're going to let you know when there's legislative at the federal state that will concern you, when there's a news that concerns you, and when there's litigation efforts against practitioners that could really use public support, which is so important in so many of these cases, that if we can get the public to show that they really support these integrative medicine practitioners, it can make a difference. That brings up a great point, Mike, and that is, you know, what about these patients? I mean, Dr. Whitaker's treated tens of thousands of patients. These practitioners in California, the home health physicians, the, the Lyme patients in North Carolina, what about, you know, girding them together 
Well, we're in the process of doing that. As you can imagine, a lot of these patients are from Lyme disease or otherwise very debilitated. Oncology patients are in very bad shape. So it takes a lot of time, effort, and sometimes you lose these patients given the fact that they no longer have the care that they were dependent on. So we're in the process of doing that now. We're taking those patients and building the quadrants we need to build a class action suit, which is really where we need to go. So wait, let me, that's a very interesting term. A class action suit against who? Well, in this case, depending on who we're dealing with, whether it be a, a, a payer that will not pay on a consistent okay. basis for providing those services, All whether right. it would be some group that is preventing pro- providers from providing services. Now, the issue you have with regard to medical boards and with regard to government entities is usually immunity. So your ability to, to prosecute a case against them is somewhat limited depending on what happens. But you have a lot of other grounds that you can look at. You have antitrust issues. You have unfair trade practices issues. You have issues where discrimination comes into play. You do have constitutional issues. So if all of these issues are garnered in the new way we're looking at things, they can be made as effective cases against those regulatory bodies or those uh, insurance entities which are trying to prevent these poor patients from getting life-saving services that they require, desire, and do so intelligently. Part two, part three. Our All thanks right. to Mike Ruggiero. Very important. Our thanks to Brenda Hill joining us today. Our thanks, thanks to for Dr. Joining. Julian right. Whitaker. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.